You are listening to the Fan Club Podcast, where two polar opposites experience each other's fandoms for the very first time. Hey guys, welcome to episode six. Cannot believe it's episode six. I feel like I'm going to be saying that, saying that a lot. Yeah, I, it's it's come a long way since the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I feel like we haven't really been doing this for very long, but at the same time, like... It feels forever. Yeah, I don't know. Today yeah. we will be covering The Avengers, which is the end of phase one, which is kind of crazy that we're here already. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it feels like such a, like... End of an era. <laughs> end of end of an era, yeah, sure. Yeah. We can call it that. I mean, it at the time, no one knew where the if it was going to continue, because literally, the Josh Whedon didn't want Loki to be the only big bad of the movie and so he just threw out a random villain. Thanos the Mad Titan and they just went with it and so literally because of Josh Whedon we have Thanos as the big bad of the Marvel movies. I know Thanos exists. Which <laughs> you see him at the I see memes credit. of him all the time. You saw the purple Homer Simpson. At the end of the Avengers. Yeah. Anyway, so this movie, we're covering the Avengers, obviously. It was made in 2012 and Mm -hmm. directed by Joss Whedon of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Flame. Yeah. I don't know why I keep saying Flame. uh, Firefly, the... Which I, ni- neither of which I've ever seen. I know my brother is a huge Firefly fan. And he also did the Justice League movie. The newer one? Yes. Like the Zack Snyder one? So Zack Snyder did the first half, but then he had a family emergency and had to drop out. Is that why that... Oh. Yes. That's Ma- why people wanted the Snyder cut. We've gone back and forth on whether or not eventually we will cover DC. Matthew is a huge DC fan. He literally has a Flash tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going back and forth because Marvel is a beast in and of itself, and, and like D- we barely touched it. And in DC, there's the old Supermans, the old Batmans. The there's new so Batmans. much more gray area on what to cover in it's, DC. If you guys want it, let us know. But yeah, because there's not a hard start here, end here. With the MCU, there's much more hard you go and fast here, rules. here, 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 and you end at this point. DC, it's it's ongoing with DC. But anyway, the only reason I mentioned that is because he is responsible yeah. for, for the Justice League. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2012. That I remember this movie being freaking everywhere in 2012. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, either a junior or a senior, depending on when... You, you would have been a junior. I was a senior. Because this came out in like the, the this came out in This came out... Like, May... Oh, yeah, you had, like, just graduated high school. Uh-huh. Okay, because he's a year above me. So... Yeah, so I actually saw it three days in a row when it first came out. I can't say that I haven't done that. <laughs> I saw the first... I saw the last four Harry Potter movies, like, at midnight. I mean, it was, like, the last week of high school, and it was all half days, so... There was nothing else to do. So anyway, yeah, I was a junior in high school, which seems like an eternity ago. 
this movie was made 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, Matthew just realized that the other day was his, like, 10-year anniversary from graduating high school. Mm -hmm. Which, anybody that's older than us is like, wow, these people are super young. But, like, it's still... (laughs) 10 years seems, like, super final, you know? Like, it seems, like, very, like, momentous. Um, Though, kind of going into the first scene, we have a scene between... uh, We have, like, it's basically like a zoom-in of the Tesseract. It has, like, a voiceover. And it's... I My immediate thought was... Was that Loki or was that Thanos? And it, who was it, it was exactly? It was Loki and the... Uh, the other? The other. It's the other. I knew it started with an O. Um, but, like, I know who Thanos is. Again, if you missed it, and I think it was the last episode I talked about, I used to work at a store called Box Lunch, uh, which is basically, it's owned by Hot Topic, and it's, like, it, it's basically just a bunch of, like, fandom, random stuff. And it was, I worked there around the time that Endgame came out. Yeah, his name is The Other. Yeah. So I worked there around the time that Endgame came out. So we had so much merch in relation to, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos. And so, like, I know who Thanos is, kinda. Which I am not and going I've seen, to explain. I've seen the memes. I've seen the merch. I've seen, I've seen... I, I have no context for it, though. Mm-hmm. I've seen the, like, I know people use that sound on TikTok, where yeah. I noticed watching these in such quick succession that we have been, we took a little bit of a break because we pre-filmed a little bit, but, like, but watching these in such quick succession really makes me notice the difference in directors. Um, but after, everybody kind of has a different style. But after this, going forward, they will pretty much be all the same director besides really, a few. It kind of reminds me of Harry Potter in that way, where in the early days it was like constantly changing, and then once they got David Yates, it kind of stuck to a, mm-hmm. a vibe, a same vibe. I know Black Widow, I think, was filmed by a different director, but Kevin Feige was still an executive. He's an executive producer if he's not a director. Yeah, but executive producers like bringing it back to harry potter like david Heyman is like a, a common thread throughout mm-hmm. and like you can see his stamps on things throughout yeah um you can definitely tell the difference of styles like i feel like um you'll be able to tell i feel like john favreau has like a very like more comical comical take yeah whereas i think joss whedon was very much i can kind of tell it's hard to explain it's hard to verbalize but it's like he has a very um, grand, um, he's all about those, like, very sweeping shots. There's a hundred of them in this battle sequence at the end. Yeah. Um, of, like, Thor doing his thing, and Hulk doing his thing, and Hawkeye doing his thing, and Black Widow doing her thing, and yada, yada, yada. And it's, like, all these sweeping tracking shots is what they call them. where yeah. the Where the camera doesn't cut. It just moves. There's a line that... Uh, there's an exchange that Nick Fury and um, Loki have where they're talking about... Um, Does an ant have quarrel with a boot? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, they have ants in Asgard? But Loki's been on Earth before. So... Sure, it just seems like a weird reference no, for but... him to make. Yeah, I mean, it would have... I mean, without that, if Loki did an Asgardian creature... Reference. Yeah. He would not have gotten it. Well, I mean, like, Thor mentions, what does they call it? The the the, the I, thing with the antlers that he was, like, even, talking talking to... I don't remember what that thing is called. To agent. It's like a... a 
blur something or another. Uh, like a Blythe snipe or something? I think so. I think it's a Blythe snipe. We're, it's some, it's we're, something snipe. We're completely butchering it, but... It's a made-up thing. I'm sure yeah. it has some basis in Norse mythology, but... It probably does. Um, Loki breaks out a shield, and there's like this whole chase scene, which I don't really have notes on, to be completely honest. I just wanted to mention it, just so you know where we're at in the notes. Um, and we flash to Black Widow being, um, like, tied to a chair, and she's, like, with some Russian people. Yeah, so she was spying on them for S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's being interrogated. Yeah, because the intel that she had was old intel, which gave away... Props to Scarlett Johansson, because Russian is one of the most the most difficult languages an English speaker can mm-hmm. learn. And most most actors, if you are not aware, I, obviously I'm not speaking for all of them. Some do have foreign language knowledge, but like most actors learn foreign languages phonetically, and they don't really mm-hmm. know what they're saying. But props to ScarJo for for actually learning a little but, bit of Russian. But Black Widow is actually from fair Russia. But like Russian is so difficult for an English speaker. Um, I don't want to dwell too hard on this, just because this is. I want to keep this this podcast relatively clean. Um, but like, I don't love how um they shoot. ScarJo as being the sex symbol, um, I, it bugs me a little bit. <laughs> Just the way that they film her, the way that they clothe her, even even she has mentioned that they don't that she doesn't love that. It just bugs me. Like her normal Black Widow fighting outfit doesn't doesn't bug me. Um, yes, it's tight. Yes, it's sexy, but it's not overly revealing. Um. It's the outfit that she's wearing in this particular scene. Again, I don't really want to dwell too much on it, but it the way that they film her, the way that they shoot her is just a little bit uncomfortable for me personally. She is this, you know, for lack of a better word, badass woman that they they just water down a little yeah. bit to this sex symbol. And it just, I don't know, it grinds my gears just a little bit. And I am, however, really interested to see her background eventually. She seems to have some unresolved trauma it'll spoil if i talk about it fair um but like you'll have to wait for the black widow movie again props to scarlett johansson for having that nuance Mm -hmm. in her performance i've never really thought scarlett johansson was that good of an actress i mean you'll learn more of her trauma in uh well i know i know she's an she was a trained assassin so that but you learn more about her past in Age of Ultron in a couple scenes, but then you'll mainly learn of her past in Black Widow once we get to it, which will probably be in, like, four months. Yeah. Um, we have our intro to Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in, I think they said Calcutta, which is in India. Yeah. Um, he's a doc. He's a physician. Yeah. He's a medical doctor. I did notice that, I don't know if it's Mark Ruffalo or what, he just seemed like such a teddy bear. Like, he seems, this rendition of Bruce Banner seems, like, so sweet in compare. But also, Bruce Banner in the comics is 
probably one of the nicest people. He just seems very. I, I, it might. It might be that Mark Ruffalo just has a very like um, teddy bear vibe to him. Mark Ruffalo got a call from his agent literally the day before all of the Avengers were announced, and his agent told him, "If you see a black car pull up at six a.m. tomorrow morning, get in it." That means you got the role. If not, you didn't get it. And so when he got there... That seems sketchy as hell. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. said, now we're prizing the role of Hulk. And everyone thought Edward Norton was going to walk out. They didn't know that Mark Ruffalo was the new Hulk. I because will... at that time, no one really knew who Mark Ruffalo was. Obviously, we don't have a Mark Ruffalo solo Hulk movie. No. But... From what I have seen, I like Mark Ruffalo the better than Edward Norton. The closest to his own solo type film would be Thor Ragnarok. No, but I'm saying, from what I have seen, I like him better than Edward mm-hmm. Norton. Most people do. Like, A lot of people do. I think it, it, it comes down to, from what I've read about Edward Norton, he doesn't seem like the nicest person. And I know that doesn't really have that much of a weight on yeah like but he he did a lot of like backseat directing and during hulk um but i i haven't read literally a single thing about mark ruffalo being a terrible dude yeah so even like less than amazing i yeah i i've only ever read things that are praising him so yeah this Captain America scene is the end credit sequence for Captain America. Yes. Is it almost is it pretty much identical? It's more of a continuation of it, not so much of it being identical because none of the end credit scenes are identical to the movie. So kind of like in Thor's, it was slightly different. So they they won't ever be 100% identical. It may include the villain or it may do something else but it's more of a continuation of that it scene. seemed like they just like cut and paste yeah i've always thought that since we started this i've thought that iron man is probably the most visually interesting avenger like they he gets the most interesting shots he obviously gets the most interesting suit up yeah like but i mean and also like tony stark as a character he's arguably the funniest uh, he, like, he, in, he has so many shots within this movie that are just so grand and sweeping. And, like, they clearly frame Tony Stark as, like, the leader. A playboy. That, that, no, they clearly just, like, frame him as, like, the face. I know it's kind of an ensemble thing. No, more along the lines, Captain America is technically the leader at least in the comics and in some of the later movies captain america makes all the or i mean nick fury makes the decision yeah no i'm talking with within the within the team it's more captain america and iron man they do not like each other no but they (laughs) they don't like each other because even in the comics they're both such strong personalities though but like even in the comics one is from the past, and one is kind is of fixing, from the future. Yeah, so they're complete polar opposites. Where they don't understand each other. Yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. I didn't think about that because one makes metal suits. 
Well, and one. Hey, even if you just look at his technology, even within the first Iron Man movie, yeah. you just look at his technology. Those like floating touch screens that he sees yeah. in front of him, so polar opposite of Steve Rogers, who grew up in the forties. Yeah. Um. So there's this scene where they're in Stark Tower with Pepper, and I have air- aired my grievances about Pepper Potts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, actually... She is so much funnier in this movie that, with the five lines that she got. <laughs> That's all of Gwyneth Paltrow that I need, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. I do love that... So, she calls Agent Coulson by his first name, mm-hmm. and Tony Stark is like, his name is Agent. His first name... Yeah, so... <laughs> interesting thing about some of the side characters, like... Um, Stellan Sargar, uh, Paul Bettany, and Gwyneth Paltrow... Originally, they weren't going to be in the movie because he didn't want any of the side characters, per se, which is one of the reasons why... See, I think the side characters really flesh everybody out. But that's also one of the reasons why War Machine's not in it. It's See, I because think, he didn't I think it want... Could have, I think it could have aired on the side of overstuffed. Yeah. Because there's so many people in this movie. But I think... His reasoning was you need to separate the characters from their support systems in order to create the isolation you need for a team. I get where he's going with that quote. But, but I mean, Dylan well, obviously you need, you, for the you, Tesseract. Yeah, and you need Jarvis. I mean, Jarvis doesn't really play a massive role, but he's kind of always there. Yeah, otherwise Tony would just be talking to nothing. To the team. Or even when he's trying to do stuff in a suit... It would just be like... He would just be cracking jokes to himself. Yeah, which... Is which kinda, isn't... Is, is kind of lame, honestly. Yeah. Part of the part of the appeal of Tony Stark as Iron Man is him making dumb jokes to Jarvis. But Gwyneth Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr., I do have to say, have a good rapport in the movie. I, I, I think just Pepper Potts is uninteresting. Yeah, their character dynamic, though, <laughs> is really good. Or it gets better in the later movies. Let's just yeah, say. I mean, I will say the lines that they do give her in this movie are really funny. Yes. They got multiple chuckles out of me. And I will say, and this is not me being like, but this movie, like, especially certain lines got me, got me pretty good. You, you said multiple times that Tony is always learning from his mistakes. Do you want to elaborate on that? So, do you remember in Iron Man 1 when Tony landed on the roof, he fell straight through? Yeah. When he hit the piano and hit that his scene car. In this movie, when he lands and the 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 building kind of forms around him to yeah. take the suit off, that is really cool. So the reason he put metal on his landing platform so he doesn't fall through it. Because he fell through the glass before. It was uh concrete. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It's three hundred feet of dead weight falling in a split second. Mm-hmm. That's gonna break stuff. Even like with Mark, I don't even know what Mark, I think it's Mark 7, which is the updated briefcase, which is the The one that Mark, we see in this one? Yes. Where it, like, flies through the air and he, like, has, like, the bracelet thingy? Yes. So, his bracelets ones are Mark 7. Okay. Which, I think it's, like, Mark 7 through Mark 11 will be the ones that read the bracelets. But Mark 7 is the updated briefcase. So, with the briefcase one, 
he had to keep it on him at all times. Yeah, like he's carrying it around. Yeah, but this one... Whereas, like, the bracelet, he can push a button and it calls... And it, it the... calls and flies to him. Yeah. I mean, it's still he still has to be near it, but he doesn't have to keep it on him. Yeah. Because that has to weigh a lot. Well, also, you never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. You could be halfway around the world and... So, when Loki brainwashes Hawkeye and... Oh, I didn't even mention that. Yeah. So, when Hawk, when Loki brainwashes Hawkeye and Stelsgar, Skarsgar, there was going to be a scene with brainwashed Hawkeye fighting Iron Man. Because when Hawkeye was first introduced, he was actually an Iron Man villain. So, Hawkeye, at first, was not a hero. He was a villain. I've said this before to Matthew. I am kind of relieved, personally, that Hawkeye did not get his own solo movie. And I think that's a hot take. (laughs) It's not? Because, honestly, I think that that movie would have been a slog. Um, Um, Because I just, I find Hawkeye wildly uninteresting. No, he was a villain with... So, when Hawkeye was young, his parents sold him to a traveling circus of criminals. And so, he learned how to be a villain, and his trick was trick shots. So, with the traveling circus, everyone has their niche. The amazing sword-swallowing man, or the bearded lady, or whatever. His was darts. And, like... He was able to hit any target, no matter how big or how small. He went up to arrows, and he just started killing people. And then he decided to be good when he killed someone that he should not have. I don't remember the gist of him turning into a hero, but I know he killed someone, and then there was repercussions from it. And then he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to try to make up for it. The So they go into the ship... The helicarrier. Helicarrier. I always forget the name of that thing. It's a helicopter and it's a ship carrier. So it's a uh, helicarrier. Uh-huh. That's what it's called. And there's a shot where it's like turning invisible and it immediately made me think of the flying car from Harry Potter. The that invis- doesn't... The invisibility booster. Nerd. Really? <laughs> really? It's literally what this entire <laughs> podcast is about is being a nerd. So don't even come for me. But this is more realistic than the invisible button on the car. It's what it made me think of. And then I was like, Matthew was like, the, oh, that's a real thing. And I was like, I straight up don't believe you. I I, I understand the concept of like it's putting just, a bunch of mirrors or something. That's what it is. I, I don't think it would be invisible. The reason, I mean, it's not technically invisible. It's just reflecting the surface. Yes, dear. So then we go to Stuttgart, Germany. I don't speak German. I'm sorry. Um, and he basically needs to like get the the thing from the thing. The, uh, it. Um, the eyeball. No. So the eyeball thing was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, because it's like the, the, he's sucking, he uses the tool to like suck the eyeball out of the dude. No, it eats the eyeball. The, it eats the eyeball and then the eyeball shows up on the other thing that Hawkeye has to like do the retina scan. The cool part about that is it shows up as it gets dissolved. Ew. <laughs> I don't know what else word to use. Not 
fine. Not dissolve thing. I do love that they played a classical song, like classical music during the scene. But it was a, um, it wasn't an auction. It was, uh, it was a gala. A, some kind of gala. It what was, are they trying to steal? Um, it's like iridium or something. A whatium? Iridium, where they needed it to stabilize the Tesseract portal. So, you know, like in, when S.H.I.E.L.D., when it blew, when they were trying to make the portal, and it blew up, essentially, keeps the portal open for longer and bigger. Yeah. Where it doesn't have the implosion issues. Why does this museum have it? It was like a science museum or something. Where they needed to get into was the science, but the guy that they needed the eyeball from was at the gala. Uh, so Hawkeye was at the like at, science I, lab or whatever. Yeah, he, Hawkeye was at the lab, but Loki went to go get the eyeball. Okay, either my watching comprehension is terrible or... It's probably that. <laughs> it's probably that. Because, like, that was not clear to me. I love you, but... <laughs> You need help. I do love that Tony overrides Black Widow's PA just to play his own music. <laughs> I mean, that is Tony Stark. There's a scene where they're all talking around the round table and they're all, like, spewing a bunch of science mumbo-jumbo that I didn't understand. Um, it's something about portals and science words and... <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty much Captain America. Yeah, like, where he goes, like, um... English, please? English, please. He... Nick Fury comes in and he's like he's like some talking about how Stellan Skarsgård and I'm just gonna call him by his actor's name because I can never remember the Stel Stelvig Stelvig he comes in he's like he's like Stellan Skarsgård and uh and Hawkeye are both the are both their flying monkeys and Thor's like I don't get that reference or whatever and, and Captain America's like I understand that so uh <laughs> Because Thor's from a different realm, yes. and the mo and Wizard of Oz came out like within like a couple of years of Captain America being frozen. Chris Evans was a little terrified of that line being in the movie because he didn't. He want didn't think people would get it. No, because he didn't want people to think that Captain America was stupid. Yeah, you told me this. But it got. The opposite of that. People thought it was hilarious. So I it was hilarious. Yeah, but at the time in filming, he thought... I don't know why he would think that people would think he's stupid. Because... because it's very of his era. He's very clearly, yeah. like, he doesn't understand references. But other things with it, like, English he, please, or I don't get that, and then he says... Oh, I get that. No, reference. but like, okay, it paints a picture of like, okay, he always dresses like a grandpa. Yeah. And like, he drives in, he has like an old school motorcycle. Yeah. And like, he was just more afraid that. Even down to like how they style his hair throughout the movie. It's mm -hmm. very like of his time. Yeah. Even though he was only Captain America in the movie for maybe a couple months. No, but my point is his styling is very yeah. much of that time. Loki is like manipulating everybody to like fight and infighting and and basically Black mm -hmm. Widow figures out that they're trying to elicit Hulk to turn, in. turn to yeah, Hulk. Yeah, so Loki's big plan with giving himself up was to unleash the beast, which would make everyone fight Hulk and he could escape. 
Which it worked. Yes. Because all of the Avengers are big babies. It's like all for one and one for all kind of kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the Iron Man suit up. We kind of touched on this before, mm-hmm. but it just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so just wait, there's cooler ones. You keep ones. saying that. There is some really cool ones. Like once we get an in-game Infinity War, oh, they're cool looking. So just now- how they look and how the suit just goes on him. So now they're in New York, and um, there's the portal opened right above Stark Tower, Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of, you know, wreaking havoc and everything, and there's this giant sea turtle thing that just comes out of the sky, which I think is really freaking cool. Yeah, it's um, pretty much the Shatari ship. Shatari? Shatari. Sounds like a mushroom. No, um... Sounds like a type of mushroom. (laughs) It's their ship. It's the ship that they travel on. It's cool, whatever yeah. it is. But, um, so, there was a throwaway line where, uh, Bruce Banner was saying to Loki, or saying of Loki, you can smell the crazy on him. It's like a bag of cats. Yeah. Was set up for when the Hulk faces off Loki in Tower. Originally, Loki was going to make multiple versions of himself, and the only way Hulk was going to discern who Loki was, was to smell them. That's a really weird... Because the only only the real Loki would have a scent. Sure, but that's a very strange thing. But also remember when Hulk when Bruce is in Hulk mode, he's like almost like a dog in that way. Yeah, where like, his eyesight is heightened, his sense is heightened, his hearing is heightened, his strength is through the roof. He's much faster. He's much stronger. Things like that. Um, there's a shot of. Thor on top of the Chrysler building. Mm-hmm. Which is a cool shot. Yeah, it's a really cool shot. And then there's the most famous shot, arguably, of this entire movie, where it's like the rotating shot of all of the mm-hmm. Avengers. Tony is landing. They're like, Thor is like fiddling with his hammer. Yeah. She or, cocks her guns. Like, yeah. like. Hawkeye pulls one of his only 20 arrows. <laughs> Hawkeye's the I'm, use- sorry. I'm sorry. He's Hawk- so useless. I apologize for all the Hawkeye stands. The two that there are. <laughs> Sorry if you're both listening to this. <laughs> no, um... Really, can somebody message me on Instagram with why you love Hawkeye, if you love Hawkeye? Because I just really want to understand. But yeah, that shot is used in freaking everything. Like, I have seen that gif 800 million times. I said at the beginning of this, Joss Whedon uses, uses a lot of these sweeping tracking shots. I was noticing. Like, Kenneth Rana loves a Dutch angle... Joss Whedon loves a sweeping tracking shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I didn't, honestly, I'm not even really that much of, like, I don't really notice a lot of these things in most movies that I watch. Yeah. But watching these movies in such quick succession, you can start picking out each director's, like, hallmarks pretty mm-hmm. easily. The council suggests that they destroy Manhattan. Are they really suggesting that they kill 8 million people? Editing Sarah here. I'm really not sure where I got 8 million from. Uh, the population of Manhattan in 2012 was about 1.5, and in 2022, it's about 1.7. I don't know why I said 8 million, and I'm sorry. The needs of the few don't outweigh the needs of the many. 
Yeah, but it's like the most populous city in the in the U.S. Pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, I would rather a city go away that also kills all the all the creatures or whatever. There's a scene earlier in the movie where Captain America or Steve Rogers rather is criticizing Tony for not being the one to like lay himself on the line, and so Tony Stark has to be the one to like sacrifice himself. Mm -hmm. Um, which. Literally, the next movie in the series is Iron Man 3. I I know he's okay. <laughs> um, this scene reminded me so much of Big Hero 6. There's a scene where um, Hero and Baymax dive into the, the thing, and they do like very much the same thing. This was also filmed and made for Big Hero 6. So technically, Big Hero 6 I'm just saying, this. that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. The colors, the, the imagery... I mean, Big Hero 6, we, we talked about Big Hero 6 in, I think we talked about Big Hero 6 in the last episode. Maybe. Um, but it's very much in the same vein as the Avengers, mm -hmm. in a way. So, Jane Foster, Natalie Portman, was actually going to be in the movie, but then had to drop out because she was pregnant. They show time. her face, like, in a picture early on. Yeah, they did, um, Phil was telling Thor that S.H.I.E.L.D. sent You mean her Agent? Yes, agent. <laughs> uh, Shield sent her to do a talk in a city on to like, keep her safe. To keep her safe on the opposite side of the globe. Yeah, um, I love that the all the letters of Stark Tower come off except the A because mm -hmm. it becomes Avengers Tower. Robert Downey Jr. actually has the A. That's pretty cool. So he he asked if he could take it on the last day of filming, and they did. They said it. no, yeah. but then uh, on his birthday. Marvel gave it to him. My last note on the actual film itself is that the end credit sequence reminds me of a curtain call. Like, it's very much like... Mm -hmm. it. This movie does a really good job at making all of the individual pieces feel important. It's very much an ensemble movie. So, do you remember when Thor shot Iron Man with the lightning and his suit went up like four by 400% power? Mm -hmm. He learns from that to integrate that in one Ooh. of his later suits. Also, I did notice there's a shot between Iron Man and Captain America where Iron Man shoots his repulsor hand things yeah. at the shield and it reflects and, like, shoots the Chitauri. The Chitauri. Chitauri. The mushrooms. Chitauri. I think Thor calls them Chitauris. Yeah. The Wasp was actually supposed to be in the movie. That means nothing to me right now. I know she's, like, the Ant-Man's sidekick she's not a sidekick she is not a sidekick at all more of like partner i wouldn't say sidekick kind of like how bucky was to captain america how they he they were like partners or like, partners as in or like, like peggy and captain america like life partners or like like teammates teammates so a sidekick no a sidekick is like robin to batman that's a sidekick someone who's useless with someone who's good <laughs> Like a Black Widow and a Hawkeye. No, Hawkeye's useful. Hawkeye's kind of useful. You literally just threw so much shade at Hawkeye. He gets somewhat better. He gets somewhat better. No, more of like um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. How like Hermione and Ron aren't tech sidekicks. They're like partners in crime, technically. Mm, they'd all be dead without Hermione. Not the point that I am making. 
<laughs> I said what I said. They work together. Agent Maria Hill, who's um, Nick Fury's like right hand man. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I read some. It's not. I don't think it's on IMDb. It's. I read it somewhere else. Paget Brewster was supposed to play her. Which, if you know Criminal Minds, she's Prentice. Mm-hmm. Which um, wouldn't be bad. I. I think she was still doing Criminal Minds at the time, so I think that they. I thought that would have been an interesting casting. I think they're very. I feel like Agent Hill and Prentice are similar. In the movie, Captain America is actually a founding member. In the comics, Captain America was unfrozen in Avengers 4. So he he is not a founding member. He was made a founding member for the movies when he was... He was actually accidentally discovered when the team was looking for Namor, the Submariner. So, I kind of... I'm sorry. That would have been so boring. (laughs) So, I kind of went over Submariner in... It's Marvel's answer to Aquaman, right? Kinda, but much cooler than Aquaman. No, I wouldn't say Submariner because Submariner is actually older than Aquaman in DC. There was a few people that actually did Hulk's voice. The growl. The growl. Specifically. The growl and then a few others like when he says puny humans and a few others was a mixture of Mark Ruffalo's Lou Fragno, their visual um, audio person, and then like two other people, one or two other people from Switzerland. The filmmakers secured the rights from Columbia Pictures to feature Oscorp from The Amazing Spider-Man, which came out the mm-hmm. same year, um, but the digital rendering of the skyline was already complete, and so Oscorp Tower could not appear. I thought that was interesting. Which would have been a little weird. As The Amazing Spider-Man, that's the one with Andrew Garfield, right? Yes. Okay. I'm... My brothers really liked the Tobey Maguire ones, and my best friend is obsessed with the Tom Holland ones, so we'll see. So what did we think overall of this movie? You've seen it like a thousand times. Yes. So in my opinion, it was one of, it's not the top Marvel movie in my opinion. It's I maybe... thought there was a chunk of it that really dragged. But also it was combining everyone together it was a great ensemble film yes but but the 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 multi-group movies so like age of ultron thor ragnarok captain america civil war captain america winter soldier the multi-hero movies they get better because they don't have to have all the characters introduced so kind of like the scene with black widow Captain America and Hulk talking, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen anymore because they know each other. Things like that. Yeah. So there's little things that... So when Pepper and Tony are in the Avengers Tower, or Stark Tower, essentially, it's also a apartment, lab, whatever. They're in there all the time. Yes, that's their New York home. So you know, like, their yeah, Malibu they're home? Yeah. So... Um, the Quinjet isn't only the visible clue to the Avengers headquarters. Stark begins to lay out plans for rebuilding Stark Tower, spreading out a set of plans from the section allowing each Avenger. So he's building apartments for them in that tower. So we get to see that later? Yes. Okay. So that's sort that's of... That's cool. I'm excited to see the apartments. Or that's you don't fun. really see the apartments. You don't see in them, really. It's more... So you know, like, Oh, how... it'll be interesting to see how everybody decorates. So you know, like, on the Hellcarrier, how, like, Hawkeye keeps his stuff, like, in a suitcase. Okay, so it's like their suit-up area. 
but they each have their own room. Yeah. So if okay. they're training or whatever, because in the comics and like in the animated movies and animated shows, his tower is sort of their headquarters, essentially. Mm-hmm. Where they sleep, where they eat, okay. where they train. So for the battle, they actually hire 25 um, military police for that to make it a little bit more realistic. But overall, I personally, as a movie, I preferred the Iron Mans. A lot of people do. But I thought it was an interesting like stepping stone to like see where we go forward. It was an interesting end to phase one. Yeah. And I know at the time when they made this movie, they didn't know where, where MCU was going. It was an interesting, like, stopping place at the time. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was... Like I said, there was a point in, in which... Like, I literally have no notes in from the middle section of the movie mm-hmm. because it just... There's nothing to say. Like, it just... It felt long and up, up leading up to the battle, there's really just not much to say. Yeah. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. So, the... Uh, yeah, I thought that... I thought the little exchange at the end of with, um, when they finally wake him up was really funny. Pretty much from Hulk's roaring in his face to the end was all ad-libbed. Or until the Tesseract. Until they took away the Tesseract. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I prefer Iron Man. I still enjoyed it. I love an ensemble piece. I thought that they did a really good job of balancing everybody. I'm excited to see more of certain people. At the same time, I think I still enjoy the individual films more. You'll... Because the individual films are just, like, easier to digest, I feel like. Group films get much better, I have to say, later on, like, with Endgame, Infinity War. I have heard those are really long. They're, like, three hours long. Like, Endgame and Infinity War are both three hours long. Part of me is debating making you wait like several months in between those two because we had to wait a year before those two. So we had a year yeah, but of like, a cliffhanger. If we release if we don't take a single break We should be done we by should it. be done by like Christmas. Yeah. If we wait several months, we'll never be done with this. Not that I want to be done. It is a lot of fun, but it's yeah. just like we eventually do want to cover other, other stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so the Avengers is actually called something different in UK because there is a movie called The Avengers. There's multiple movies called The Avengers. I read that too. Yes, where they changed the name to Marvel The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Or it's Marvel yeah. something I, Avengers. Yeah, there's multiple. It's like there's a movie from the 60s. There's mm-hmm. a movie from the 90s. Yeah. These are 90s or old, early 2000s. All right. So next week, we will be talking about Iron Man 3. We're still nailing down some details about that. So yeah. we may or may not have a guest. Um, but yeah, so tune in next week well, um, to help or to listen to us discuss Iron Man yep. 3. Yep, Iron Man 3. And if you want to talk about any spoilers or anything, head over to our Reddit page. That's about it. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. If you would like to send us any feedback or any messages, you can follow us over on Instagram at the fan club underscore podcast or on Twitter at fan club underscore podcast. Or you can discuss each episode with us over on our subreddit, which is which is reddit.com slash r slash the fan club podcast. And make sure that you tune in every Marvel Monday.